Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Rebound taken by Luis Rodriguez, and the Rebels are 10-0 on the season. 10-0 for this running Rebel team. For the first time since 1991. Wow. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Monday, Monday Night Football get-together at Twin Peaks on Eastern. Come on out. Big beers under 4 bucks. You got uh, select appetizers, 2, 4, and 6. Outstanding menu, 29-degree beer with scenic views. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Uh, here's some running Rebel basketball on the way back. Great start to the season. We'll break down that uh, win over Washington State in just a little bit. But we wanted to tell you, today's show is brought to you by our friends, the real estate guy, really guys, right? Aaron and Jacob, today's the last day. We've got this great year-end prize, $15,000 you can win. You know, use for your rent, mortgage, whatever you want to use it for next year. But today's the last day to get in, and it's very easy to get in. 18 or over, that's the baseline. And just go to lvsportsnetwork.com. So Aaron Taylor, real estate guy, and uh, LV Sports Network coming together. $15,000 year-end prize for our listeners. But the only way to get in is to sign up at lvsportsnetwork.com. All the rules are up there, but today is the uh, end of the run, so you got to sign up by today. Go for it, right? If you're not in it, you can't win it, which uh, leads me into a very interesting Sunday of NFL football. Just keep, keep talking. I'm actually at lvsportsnetwork.com right now. You're getting in? To, yeah, uh, I don't think you're eligible. Oh. Uh, so, old joke, but never works. So... One of the premium games yesterday was going in. Niners and Buccaneers. It didn't turn out that way. Premium. And, well, it was. It was one of the good games. Sure. And probably not the right word. But um, did you see what uh, Dre Greenlaw pulled after the game? He did. I did. Uh, he went and took the ball that he had intercepted from Tom Brady and walked up to Tom Brady and said, hey, man, you signed this? And Tom Brady did. He said he warmed him up a little bit. He uh, complimented him a bunch. Then when he talked about it in the press conference, he's like, he's the GOAT, greatest of all time. GOAT, 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 GOAT. And uh, I didn't get exactly how – because I think he and Fred Warner kind of teamed up to get the autograph. It sounded to me like they sort of – you know, they they, he buttered him up. Greenlaw buttered up Brady. And then I think he had Warner – or Warner did it on his own. He came up. And sort of guilted Brady into doing it. Like one of those, like, you can't turn us down without saying you can't turn us down. Well, it looked like Brady was, he didn't look like he was fighting no, it. No, no, no. He, was, he no. was cool about doing it. I uh, just I just think it's interesting because you and I will not ask for anything, right? We almost never shoot our shot. Do you? No. Right? I never do. I got a round of drinks last night, and I was like, oh, it wasn't really the intent of saying hi to someone. And then I just felt bad about it the rest of the night. Sounds like a, a nice bonus, though. It was, it was nice, yes. It was nice. I will I will go seek out the person this evening and try to pay back, like, threefold. That seems excessive. Because I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not like you on getting stuff because then you feel like you have to reciprocate. Um, I, I can accept gifts for the holidays, but I always feel like if you get something, like a little perk around town, you, you, you do need to pay it back in some way. 
Yeah. I, I mean, when I, I say I threefold, it could be the round of drinks that I got at the place I got it at may be a lot more expensive than where I'm going to go and pay back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Where I could get I could get three rounds for the same price. That makes you get that, my point. That adds up. Sure, you get my point. Sure. So that was a threefold part. I'm not. I wasn't gonna like triple what I got. Excuse me. I still have some thriftiness in me, even when I am being sure. So your three round, your three rounds of drinks is gonna be less expensive than the one round of drinks yesterday. Yes. Like as an example, with with Greenlaw and Brady. I mean, I think we we kind of we adhere to the media thing. I don't. I don't know that I've gotten an autograph. Like I think peer to peer is really interesting. Like, did you did you get a did you get a picture with uh, your boy, McAfee? Well, who you're like fanboying over at a Super Bowl Radio Row? No, but I very much appreciate multiple people taking pictures of me interviewing him. Okay, like so I never said so like, was hey, in let's the, get a selfie. It was in the midst of doing the job. Yeah, I, okay. I never said like, hey, let's get a selfie. But multiple people understood that while I was interviewing him, hey, I should take a picture of those that's, two sitting in front of mics together. That's probably. I don't know how many broadcasters I can name that you'd want a picture with. No, like you love McAfee. Yeah. I guess if they did like an Opie and Anthony reunion where those two would talk to each other with Norton, would, like you would get you'd get that picture. That would get ugly, but yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that. <laughs> you would could happen. be the mediator as you are in so many tips. I've done very few ever, even at events. Like when, when I'm at events and I'll see, but never never the one that I'm covering. Like if I was at a football game, I wouldn't get a photo of a football player. If I was at whatever, yeah. like I'll say, I think the two, the only two I can really remember is uh, both at UFC events. And both were the PR staff basically brought them over to me because they knew I'd want a photo, but it was both Jim Kelly was one, and and Ty God was the other. Ty God, yeah. that that is still one of the more ridiculous photos. Yeah. You look so happy. No, he looks happy. You I look, look miserable. Yeah, miserable. Yeah, because I'm so nervous and freaked out by it. You're such a weirdo. Uh, would you be nervous around Pete Carroll? Uh, only if he's gonna. Fire his gum at me. Hey, what was that? <laughs> he's, he, do, he does it all the time. I didn't. I never knew this. He's got to get out of the way. I saw uh, one of the one of the uh, you know web uh, sports aggregator sites, Larry Brown Sports. They do a really good job there. LarryBrownSports.com was wrote a story like really expressing outrage about gum being whipped into the crowd. What is? It's disgusting. And we also. I guess it takes on a new. It takes on a new meaning now that we're so uh, diseased. Riddled around the country. Well, we should be. A lot of people still yes, aren't, yes. but we should. We should be. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to pick up the gum and start chewing it. Like, yeah, hey, I love can... Pete Carroll. I have this is memorabilia. Let me chew. Let me chew it. It tastes a little Pete. I don't think you have to. If it hits you and you like, kind of wipe it off of you. Now it's on your fingers. I think it's, it can spread. I would guess if Pete Carroll was sick at all yesterday, there's 40 people in that crowd that are sick. Seems like a stretch, but it got me thinking. Because I wouldn't want to have gum whipped at me, but I wouldn't be, like, completely offended. It got me thinking, God, where was I? I was somewhere I was somewhere hanging out last week, and I thought I got gum on my shoe. It was inside, too. And I was thinking, you know what? I, I didn't mention this on the air because I can't remember the last time I got gum on my shoe. And I wanted to actually stand up for No one does this. What's our, like, what's our most current generation now? The, so it was, like, millennials and then the Zoomers? Gen, Gen Zs, right? Between millennials and Gen Zs, right? Because millennials are just the ones who are just older than Gen Zs, and they're below. Well, you're a millennial, right? Like it's like borderline, right? Well, you're something. 
Yeah. Like, did they skip years between Gen X and Millennial? Well, when you're, like, sometimes you, like, you're, you're in kind of two. Okay. You, you, you walk the line. No, I, I wanted to stand up. Have we become a more civilized society? And we, and we don't whip our gum on the ground? And we throw it out? Or are we just chewing less gum? I think we're chewing a lot less gum. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Can we get I don't studies have on the numbers. this? I don't have someone, the numbers on can that. someone in the vast research department of Lotus Broadcasting? This is, I, like, think about it. It's think bizarre about when, that you When's the this, last though? time you got gum on your shoe? Yeah. The only thing I step in on, on the regular now is uh, cat vomit at home. Okay. Everyone, I almost slipped and broke my ass like a, a, about two weeks ago where it was dark inside. I walked in. I'm like, eh, okay. Almost wiped out. Um, but, but I never step in gum. And as it turned out, it wasn't gum that I had stepped in. It was just some something sticky on the ground. Like, yeah. are we more... Uh, have we been taught by the generations after us to not be animals and actually dispose of gum properly? And then we get sons of bitches like a boomer. Right? Is he a boomer? 71, right? That's a boomer. Yeah. Yeah. These boomers. And they're still just like, hey, here's the gum. Oh! And if he doesn't do that, he just drops it on the sideline. Geno Smith comes over, steps in, and he's like, I can't get... Can't get off my shoe. Gino has a bad game. He's got gum in the cleat. That was a dramatization. It was. Uh, also, at this point, I think they'd be happy if Gino slipped <laughs> slip on gum. Uh, but I, I do feel like it's just less people chewing gum. I actually thought about this is random that I just thought about this the other day because somebody uh, was out and they, they took out a pack of gum and had a, had a, a stick. Hmm. And I just said, I don't remember the last time I saw somebody pop a stick of gum. So we've basically what? I we've think we've phased it out. Have we converted to mints? I think so. Like I don't even look for gum at, at the uh, convenience store. I don't. I kind of don't know where it is or I, when. I think the only use for gum is baseball players that don't like seeds or tobacco, or on the plane to uh, prevent your ears from popping. I chewed some the other day. I had some old gum in my bag. I chewed some the other day before the halftime interview with Kruger, just to like try to freshen up a little bit. I think it's because baseball cards are kind of out, hmm. at least in the old form of like buying the pack on a Monday. Should we do three hours on? The changing world of, of chewing gum. I'm in. We need experts. So you're not buying that. Wrigley on the phone? You're not buying the generations after us are actually cleaner <laughs> and more civilized? No. no. No? Just a hard no? No. All right. Well, after the weekend of National Football League action on Sunday, I mean, I think the, listen, the, the loss on Thursday by the Raiders was devastating, but I'm reading the path for the Raiders to get in. I think they still have a good shot. All you got to do is win out. Well, that's the hardest part. That is the hardest part. I, I, I will and then say I think this. Things, things could fall in line for this team to still make the playoffs. Just got to win the rest of the games. I'll go, I'll go a step further. I think everything else will fall into place. If the Raiders won out, I think they'd be in the playoffs. Wow. I just don't think the Raiders are going to win out. That's a tall order. It's not, not just that they haven't been able to really you know, do that consistently at any point this season, but the schedule's not easy. They, have to, they have to close with San Francisco and Kansas City, and neither will be clear. You know, far enough ahead of anyone else to get to lock in the number one seed. So they're probably going to be playing for something in those yeah. final two weeks. Yeah, most likely. So and, and those teams are good. And by the way, at Pittsburgh on on Christmas Eve uh, in that's a the worst. environment that's not going to be great yeah. and probably snowy. That's not easy. You know what that is, right? Not only Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, it's, the, uh, it's the, the reason they booked the game is for the uh, the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and I think they're they think they're honoring Franco Harris as say, well. I was going to say seventy fifth. That seems like a long time ago. But I think it is a 50. It is funny. I think back and I'm like, man, there's some stuff that's a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. It's only 50. Oh, yeah. Just like yesterday. Yeah. Just slightly. Where were, where were you watching the game? Um, pouting. Okay. Yeah. 
kind of rolling around like an idiot. <laughs> drunk? Uh, probably not drunk. Okay. It was just over two and a half, I think, okay. at that point. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to ask. I'll see if we can get a snapshot of that date and time and see if uh, my father or mother were watching the Steelers and Raiders. Were they were they Frenchy like, Fuqua on a on a Sunday afternoon? Would they have been likely to be sitting around watching a football game? Probably, no way, no, okay. Okay. no. I, but I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. I, they they would have been like uh, how old were they? Like twenty seven, twenty eight. I I don't know. They could have been the early seventies. They could have been you know all whacked out on drugs or something. I don't know. Smoking weed, uh, LSD. I don't. I don't think they did that. But I, I think my you, parents, never, you, you never. You never. You never know. That's what my parents were doing. But I, I Do also. You think? I know. Is that right? Yeah. Can we take a break? I want to get to this on the way back, and let's continue on the Raiders' playoff chances. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Definitely a different place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the short answer is, yeah, absolutely. We're in a different place uh, as a team, and I, I mean, I love these guys. I go to war with them anytime. I, I love this group and where we're at. Right now, where we're headed, but there's no margin there. You know, we gotta, we gotta do whatever we can to win the next one. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. So you think immaculate reception that game? That one of your both, one or both of your parents were probably whacked that day, not paying attention to it. Was seventy two? I may be wrong because I, I think my parents were. You want to clear this with them? Well, my parents were not of driving age yet, so they might not. I don't think. They're right around there. December 23rd, 1972. Uh, they were seniors in high school, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would bet any amount of money my dad was whacked on some drugs. Your dad was not a sports fan where he'd be watching. No. He didn't become one until later in life. No, he's not. Well, he was, he, when he lived in he lived near Philly, he was a sports lunatic. Well, he would listen to the sports radio. Oh. Uh, because, well, I think that's only to have things to talk to his kids about. Because my parents, I don't, I, I can't imagine before, like I'm sure my dad went to a game here and there. Yeah. But before me and my brothers were born, I can't imagine my parents ever watched an entire game, either one of them, like on TV. I can't imagine that ever happened. They weren't sports people at all. It's weird how it turned out, isn't it? It's, it's very bizarre, and I don't really understand how that happens. Like, my entire life is sports. Like, you figure you, you must have been a young tyke, and they were talking sports around you, making you watch sports. No. Yeah, me either. No. I, mean, I wasn't. I was around some people, but my parents were never big sports fans. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, and it's very. It's like, wouldn't you love happens. to hear? Like, I would love to hear my dad had money. On the Raiders in the Immaculate Reception and, like, broke a TV or something. Right. Like, that would be a proud moment, but there's no way. In fact, my dad my dad, my dad, only got into sports betting a couple years ago. Um, and it's really, I think it's more just that he likes gambling than sports. But he, he'll he only bet, like, first quarters of games because he can't sit through an entire game. He's like, oh, I'll bet the first quarter. And then he decide, you know, decides earlier because he's not going to watch a whole game. That's just not, it's not what he does. It's, not, it's never been a thing for him. We were just talking about the Raiders' playoff chances after seeing what unfolded this week. And listen, they gotta now they have to win every game, which that's going to be really tough. You said you actually think everything will fall into place for them to make it. It's just up to them. Yeah, I think it's possible everything. Like else they don't happens. control their own destiny, but you believe that everything will fall into place that yeah. they can make it as a nine and eight team. Yeah, I think everything else could potentially be there, especially if you know if they if they do win out. Uh, I think everything else might fall into place, but I just don't think that they're going to actually win out. This, and mostly because of the schedule. Not that they're not capable of it or couldn't 
put some good efforts together. Like they've they've played well at many times this year. I just don't think you can do it over the course of four weeks against the schedule that they have. Patriots at Steelers. That's a Christmas Eve game, and that's why we're talking about the immaculate reception. And if Adam's parents were all whacked out that day and didn't watch the game, um, then two home games are close, which should have been glorious spots, yeah, right? Yeah, making a run at the playoffs, finishing things off, getting a good seed. 49ers, which will be the most expensive ticket of the year in the National Football League. Rock Purdy time. Which is still crazy. We'll get to Purdy mania. We have we have a broadcaster saying that he's feeling a Tom Brady vibe in Brock Purdy. Yeah. And uh, Chiefs to close thing out. Close things out. The the other the other conversation we're having is like not not being able to imagine your parents acting like Maybe not you, but acting like a fool. Acting like someone typical of their age. Like dabbling in some stuff. Okay. You can, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, no, I didn't see it. That was, I mean, I, Your I think. stories? My, uh, yeah, okay. somewhat. From other like, people, heard, not really from them. I've heard nothing about my parents. I don't think they remember. I, my, I mean, like, Oh, they don't tell the stories. As, as, other far, as, like, as far as remember I know. What, remember yeah. how crazy yeah, yeah. Kurt was? As far as I know, my parents were so far gone in really? terms of addiction and drugs and alcohol oh, I had stuff. No idea. That this is good that we're getting us on they the got local to, airwaves. Sure, why not? Uh, they, they don't listen. They got together and got pregnant with me, and then were like, oh, we better get clean, and then realized they hated each other, and then stayed together. For like Sounds years. like a very typical story. <laughs> yes, it was Even wonderful. the 20 years part. Yeah, it was wonderful. Even the 20 years part. Um, you're not old enough to do this yet, but um, like the only the only solace I have in terms of like looks and condition is to watch TV and movies from like 50 years ago, and I'm like I look better than that person does. Sure. At the same age, I watched. I don't know why I've gone down this path lately because I always hear about how politics were never part of things um, in the past, right? In entertainment, of course. So I watch Rowan and Martin all the time from like 68, 69, and like half of the show is just inside jokes, but they weren't inside back then because it was all you know news culture stuff, but. Last night, their guest star was telling jokes about how old she was, left and right. And she did look like she was, like, 70, and she had painted on eyebrows, and she's wearing a wig. Any clues? Uh, what year was this? 69. Marilyn Monroe? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Who, no, she would, she would never. I don't know. Um, it was actually Phyllis Diller. That's how I was going to say And I looked up her age, and I'm funny. like, 51? Yeah. What was, what was going? What was in the water? How hard are these people living in 69? 51. That was going to be my real answer, and I was like, no, she must have only been like 40 back then. I was hoping, actually. Yeah. I was hoping. As she was talking about how old she is and doing the same old joke she did for the next 35 years. It, her act never changed. It never changed. I actually, I, I really, I want to find a documentary around her. Like, was she a successful comedian, like on the road? Or did she just get tabbed someone who could be funny as... And, you know, an additional, you know, whatever, a guest on a variety show. I think she did that for, like, 40 years. Just the guest who shows up and, like, go on game shows. Yeah, she was, like, the, uh, oh, I was trying to think who it was. The other, the other guy that was just on game shows all the time. I mean, name it. There's, there's dozens where you're like, I don't know what the person did. They just, they just did game show circuit for 25 years. And there were so many of them. They were just celebrity. Yep. Celebrity-driven game shows. And, like, and. Well, Phyllis Diller was a lot on Hollywood Squares at the end of the I feel like she was. I feel like she was. Uh, let's do a giveaway right now. 364-1100-364-1100. Coming up on Saturday, uh, Five Finger Death Punch with uh, Brantley Gilbert. 
That's uh, the 17th, Mick Ultra Arena. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets, 364-1100. Call or 7364-1100. Over at uh, Mandalay at the MUA, Five Finger Death Punch is playing. That's coming up this Saturday. Later in the show, I want to get to the Chiefs' victory because we're going to bounce around the AFC West since the Raiders had the day off. We'll get to the coolest story in the league. I'll have to admit I was completely wrong with my uh, preseason prognostication on this team, which has made a uh, rush here towards respectability. But, you know, I did want to mention the news that we barely got to on Friday because we were so annoyed and, you know, worked up about the Raiders' loss on Thursday was the Raiders did release a player of note. It's another one of the players from the 2020 draft. So what happened with Johnny Simpson? Yeah, John Simpson actually played uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, he had he had started the first two games, played all 100% of the snaps over the first two games, and then was benched in week three. Alex Bars has taken over, played guard throughout the year. Alex Bars went down with an injury early on Thursday night. John Simpson came in, and uh, I remember one of my colleagues, and I won't name him by name right now, a uh, good, good friend of mine who, who said, hey, he looks okay after like three snaps. He's not playing so bad. And then three snaps later goes, never mind. <laughs> my bad. He was. He just looked. He looked very slow off the line. Uh, it, his first step was was awful. He was getting beat on the first step a lot, and uh, did not play well. Now I didn't foresee the fact that he played poorly enough that they just said, "All right, that's enough," and cut him after the game. Uh, but it was his first extensive chance in a while, and my, you know, they've been gone. Everybody kind of took a vacation, uh, which was planned before that game because they had like a mini buy uh, with the Thursday night game. So everybody's out of town Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so I haven't talked to anybody around the building. In fact, uh, Josh McDaniels made the joke, good luck finding me the next three days uh, when I asked him on Friday. So uh, it's, it seems like they may not have been thrilled with his preparedness to play, where it's like, hey, you're on the bench. you got to be ready. You, at your job, even though you haven't played uh, an offensive snap in 10 weeks, is to be ready when called upon. And it seems like maybe he just wasn't, and they were like, that's enough. Get out. That's enough. Yeah. Get out. Uh, that draft class now? One guy left. It was the last pick that they made. It will go down as one of the worst drafts ever by a team. Has to. And it and it stuck to the legacy of Gruden and Mayock. Yeah. You can't walk away from that one. No. Well, they, I mean, they nailed Renfro, and they nailed Crosby. 2019. Right. But... And Josh Jacobs is going to turn out to be a pretty good player now. We're, we're seeing that. But, man, that, that 2020 draft, unreal. And, now, and remember, that was the draft where Mayock went out of his way to say, hey, we, we got multiple third-round picks. I mean, you know, you expect to get some starters out of that. How about just someone on the team? So it's like stealing. He did say it was like stealing. Yeah. Boy, good memory on that one. Yeah. Real good memory on that one. All right. On the way back, we'll talk to teams or talk about teams that actually drafted well over the last couple of years. And, are in the thick of things, and uh, before that, we'll get to uh, what the Running Rebels accomplished over the weekend, moving to 10-0. and Haven't had that record since 9091. It's Monday Night Football at Twin Peaks Henderson with Cofield and Company. Great prizes plus food and drink specials. Monday starting at 2 p.m. at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Hurts is back. He's going to run. He comes to the five. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Another good weekend for the Eagles, looking dominant. Merrill Reese, Eagles Radio Network there. 
with the call. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football is on the way. They've got all the great specials for happy hour, including the uh, big 22-ounce beer, 29 degrees. Three ninety-nine. How about that? And it's big. Two, four, and six on select appetizers. Great spot to check things out. And by the way, for the World Cup, we got World Cup games coming up at or on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Eleven a.m. each day. They will open up here at seven a.m. So they're going early at Twin Peaks. So you come in, you want to watch the soccer. So they've been opening early on a lot of the game days. But yeah, this Wednesday and Thursday, early opening. At Twin Peaks. Highly recommended. A great spot for TVs, I'll tell you that. Because I did go to a place over the weekend to watch the World Cup. Horrendous. A bunch of us were very excited. We are like, oh, let's go. And it just opened about you know, three weeks ago. And they were like, oh, we, our TVs are over there. And we looked. They were in boxes. Not hung yet. Really? So they had like two TVs in a corner. That's not good. Yeah. So this place, awesome TVs yes. everywhere. Nice. Very nice. How was your uh, Super Sports weekend? So what would you cover again? Well, I just kind of timed it out so I could uh, Saturday. Uh, well, first of all, Friday, of course, in uh, or excuse me, Thursday in LA. Right. Friday, Golden Knights. Uh, Saturday, I went early in the morning for uh, soccer, and I went to a place that I could walk from watching soccer to UNLV basketball to UFC. Okay, there's a lot of stuff around there. Yeah. So UNLV basketball was at the MGM. Yeah. And then obviously the Fortress for the hockey. That was Fortress for UFC. Oh, Fortress for UFC, and then another hockey then bounce back Fort, on Sunday. Fortress hockey last night too. Yeah, I can't keep track. It was it was a lot. There was a lot. We've done that before, right? Yeah. Done the done the MGM sporting event over to T-Mobile sporting event. Yeah, it's an easy, nice, easy walk. It's good. Although I also had and uh, forgot. I, I I saw him up on Twitter. I gave him a follow back, but I don't remember his name. Sorry. Uh, saw a gentleman outside as I walked from a. UNLV basketball over to UFC, uh, big UNLV basketball fan, ran, ran over, also a big Rebel fan, or Raiders fan, excuse me, and was like, very excited, couldn't, you know, wanted to talk about the Raiders, and I was like, cool, and I kind of walked with them and talked and had a great time, and um, I was like, was, uh, after about 15 minutes, I was like, I, I, gotta, I gotta go, UFC starting, gotta go, great to meet you, and he said, it's cool, can you take a picture with my friends, and I was like, okay, called them over, and he said to his friends, hey guys, look, it's Vic Tafer. Ah, is that right? Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Miss ID'd sports celebrity. <laughs> did you tell Vic that one? Not yet. That's a good one. Yeah. That is really good. Uh, did uh, the Patty guy actually lose his fight at UFC? Well, no, because they called him a winner. Right. If I was scoring it, I would say that he lost. What would you have scored it? Uh, I actually had a 30-27 to 27 for Gordon, but I could definitely see 29-28 also. Okay. What was the final decision? 29-28, uh, Patty Pimblett, all three judges. What was wrong? It was a really bizarre fight. Uh, well, first of all, obviously, the crowd, I do think, impacts the judging. And I, I have always thought that. They deny it. But you see it time and time again. When Patty Pimblett would hit one shot, the crowd would go nuts. Jared Gordon would hit four shots in a row, and there's nothing. How big and, was the Irish contingent? Well, he's British. Oops, English, British contingent. My bad. Uh, massive. And it's not even it's not even that. It's even Americans. I, I know... You know, I know a uh, person here in town who works for the Raiders. His son was like, "We have you have to take me to go watch Patty Pimblett." Really? Like he, he's he's massive. He's he's reaching. He's like the early stages of Conor McGregor. Now the problem is, you know, they jumped him up into this co-main event, 
uh, to showcase him, and now he didn't come through. Like Connor would have you know, right. stepped onto that stage and knocked somebody out in 12 seconds. Right. Uh, he did not come through with that. He did get the victory. So I don't know how it's gonna how how his star power translates after that big. He's got the big push, gets the big platform, and doesn't deliver. Although he gets the win, um, we'll see how how people react from that. But uh, also after the fight with his, I don't know what people are talking about. It wasn't even close. Like, I don't know how that's gonna go over either. Um, but you know he wound up, he didn't he took some shots he has a great chin for sure that was a good sign. The uh, main event kind of fell apart in terms of it was well this was supposed to be a co-main or something not and even the, and then the main event was going to be John Jones this was supposed to be like a star-studded card it just kind of fell apart yeah. so it was Blahovitz who I always want to call uh, Blakowitz or uh, Blagojevich the uh, yeah, former sure. governor of Illinois but Blahovitch so they fought to a split draw and then did the. What did Blahovich do? So Blahovich, after the fight, said, he said, you know what? I don't think I won. He's like, I don't know that I lost either, but I don't think I won. Basically, like, if it's a draw, it's a draw slash win for him. Um, so he was kind of basically Who like, does that? Well, he also got the living heck beat out of him for the last two rounds. Oh, so you're saying so he may, he may he not like, have been a bright mind? Maybe not. Like he was shocked. He's like, I just got <laughs> yes. annihilated. What yes. I remember about this fight most recently is a loss. Yes, he, I got massacred for 10 minutes. Wow. He got hit in the head about 100,000 times. That's rough. So, Blahovich spoke first. He's the former champion. It was vacant, though. And this was like, like you said, this was not supposed to be a fight at all. It got promoted into a co-main event because the main event that was supposed to be the co-main event fell apart last week this was like a 12th option so they fight for a vacant title that was only vacated because of an injury and disappointing obviously to get a draw Blahovich said I don't know that I won but I definitely don't think I lost and then Ekolaev starts speaking who just spent 10 minutes crushing this guy it was like I don't know what more I have to do what happened? I'm never fighting here again. This is stupid. Oh, really? He said, "I why do I why do not I not have a belt right now?" What does "here" mean? Vegas or the United States? Well, the translator said in the UFC, oh. and he later said, "No, he said Nevada." I translated it poorly. Is that's how that came across? But he said he's not going to fight Nevada anymore. Now the problem is those judges judge everywhere. In fact, one of the judges on the Patty Pimblett card had a horrific scorecard the night before in Connecticut. And then might be, flew might be a problem. Country and had a bad score in this on this card. So it's a judging <laughs> thing. It's it's wild. But yeah, in the so Blahovich said, you know what? He interrupted the interview. Goes over. He says, you know what? Give him the title. <laughs> just, just give, give him. him the, just give it to him. Does that say? <laughs> does that say more about their interim belts than anything else? Probably. Well, that, that like, it was no. It was, it's a full belt. Oh, it's a, it was a real title. Oh yeah. So then, so what? So where is it now? Vacant and. After the fight, everybody said, okay, so obviously rematch. They drew, and Dana said, no, that fight sucked. They're both out. Two, two new people are, two new people are <laughs> fighting for the belt. <laughs> they both suck? He said, they both sucked. They're out. Now we're going to go Glover Teixeira, Jamal Hall Hill. All right. I mean, who's okay. going to call him on it? Nobody. Right? The it's shareholders fine. of UFC, they're, they're not going to do anything. They do what they want. I love it. They both suck. They're both out. Wait. They're both out. So not only the guy was on the verge of tears and frustration in the ring, saying, "I'm not in the cage. I'm not going to fight here anymore." And then the boss comes in. And he's like, "Don't worry about it. You're not involved." <laughs> so even worse, you're, you you you're think you should out. have the belt. Now you're not even going to fight for the belt next time. You're out. I didn't like you. <laughs> Belts are and and actually, Data was asked what he thought about the the scorecard, and he said, "I don't know. That fight sucked. I tuned out after the first round." Jesus. So, so maybe it was good. He just didn't watch. Someone's in a mood. It was a pretty fascinating evening, for sure. Was that the best moment of your sports weekend? 
the the miss ID, someone thinking you're another Raiders writer, and then the weirdness of two guys. One guy didn't want the belt. The other one's dying for the belt. Now they're both been told you're not getting anywhere was, near that belt. It was good. And look, I love covering UFC too. Yeah. The, the craziness, the chaos, the the weirdness, the drama, the silliness. I love it. It's all still there. Uh, and I don't. The big get to names do it. may not be anymore, <laughs> but but the guys on their way up. Still good stories. And I don't get to do it enough. So yeah. I would say, you know, you go, being back there and covering that was definitely uh, the highlight. Although I did really, really well in the England-France game. Uh, hit, like, everything you could possibly hit, including the exact final score. Thanks to Harry Kane sending a penalty kick that is still going up right now. Thank you, Harry. Uh, so that was probably the highlight, I guess. But, yeah, the covering UFC was big. Twin Peaks on a Monday, getting ready for Monday Night Football. Got the big beers under 4 bucks. You know, the other cool thing they've got here, aside from beer specials and lots of shot specials, there's 19 different shots for uh, $3.99. They're also really big on uh, rare bourbon, whiskey, and other spirits, as they say. So you got to come in and check out Grandpa's stash. Not mustache, his drink stash. It's Twin Peaks. Come on in for Monday Night Football. Drink some uh, some fine libations and hang out with the girls if you uh, want to get the beer. It's 29 degrees. you got the scenic views here, so come on down. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. To the men standing behind me, thank you for your passion for the game. Because kids like me, that have dreams and goals of being up here um, and being the best. Started from watching you, you all. So thank you. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Heisman goes out to Caleb Williams, eighth Heisman winner for USC. That includes Reggie Bush. I was good to see or happy to see that uh, Chris Fowler at the ceremony said eight, not seven. You know, they stripped and will not recognize the Heisman that Reggie Bush won. What about is, OJ's? OJ's on the list. Yeah. OJ's on the list. I mean, that, that is kind of the funny thing of about the sick thing about this whole thing is that they're going to pretend that Reggie Bush never won it, but OJ's fine. So. Not guilty. Which why, you know, you don't go down those paths. You're not there to freaking be judge, jury, and, you know, prosecutor. Heisman. I, I don't even did the I don't even know who actually doesn't recognize. Is it the Heisman? Yeah, I think so. The, the folks at committee. the Heisman committee. There's also a lot of people that have votes. You know people that have votes? Doesn't Gramala have one? I don't know. I think he might. I saw the distribution of the first place votes was pretty wide. So it wasn't, you know, he, he got, I think, 544 first place votes out of like 1,700 votes. There is, that is a lot of, there are a lot of votes. Yeah. That is crazy. A lot of votes? Why don't you vote? I'll take one. Yeah. Well, once you win Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, or Willie does, and uh, you guys can start flexing muscle. and Vote for go. Willie. Uh, Blake Corum. I don't know who you're, who you're, who you're talking to. Everyone. Blake Corum was my Heisman winner. Well, that's why you don't have a vote, because you'd just be a homer. Not a homer. He rightfully deserved it. 364-1100, we got the silver and black after party going down to Crazy Horse 3. That's on Sunday after the game. Patriots and the Raiders right across the street, Crazy Horse 3. They've got a silver and black after party, drink specials, dozens of beautiful women. The kitchen is open. It's always open. Great food at that kitchen, and it's a good place to party after the Raiders game. We'll give away a couple of tables right now. VIP treatment. Ari will explain it to you. Caller 78-364-1100, And remember, a Crazy Horse they're uh, doing a toy drive right now through the end of the week. Uh, it's to benefit help of Southern Nevada. You go in there, 
donation of an unwrapped toy, and you'll get a, uh, a cocktail. So a little extra incentive, but go bring some toys by Crazy Horse 3 on Russell right across from the stadium. So interesting weekend in college football. We just you know mentioned Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. Army-Navy actually went over, but it's the craziest over ever. Yeah. Took nine overtimes to get there. No scoring in regulation, really. It was a 10-10 tie going overtime, and somehow it gets over 32-and-a-half, right? Yeah. Over 32-and-a-half, which that game had gone under 16 years in a row. Uh, the transfer portal, interesting follow. More players go in, no shocker there. Uh, UNLV has lost at least one player. Noel Williams, their best cornerback, decides to go to Cal. Kyle Williams, their best receiver, has been offered by Washington State, Fresno, Cal, Pittsburgh. Did I mention CSU? No. So those are five of the schools that he's been offered by. You know, it's funny. I actually see some Rebel fans, and they're the ones who are a little kooky, getting mad at Noel Williams. Nothing against your education at UNLV, but if I had a chance to go play in the Pac-12 and I thought I could play and get a Cal degree, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Well, Cal is what it used to be. Oh, stop. Okay. UNLV is on the up. Cal's on the decline. Is that right? It's falling you apart. You have to consider when you do these things because degrees really don't matter where they come from, but... When, you know, right now, sure, Cal looks great. 15 years from now, when you're actually, like, in the job market and you're looking around and, like, trying to move jobs, like, UNLV would be a better degree than Cal. Really? Yeah. Breaking news from Adam Hill. Yeah. I feel like your objectivity has been very very screwy this this block of the show. You already said Blake Corum, who didn't get the finish the season, was the Heisman. That was why. Their offense was a disaster the game he left. And Cal, in the next 15 years, will fall behind UNLV academically. Yeah, uh, uh, and also are you, are you are you being added to uh, Odom staff as uh, like recruiting coordinator? I like that. Hope so. Uh, Hope so. Didn't know. I didn't even know you applied. Tennessee State needs a new recruiting coordinator. I know that. That's a good story. Uh, Washington State should be out. You know if we beat them in basketball this weekend, so Washington State's off the list for Kyle Williams and football. That's how this works. Well, they'd be off my list anyway. I don't want to that that region of the country. I, I wouldn't be able to deal with the weather. But you know, I'm not. I'm not Kyle Williams. I'm not Noel Williams. But uh, you know, interesting, interesting. So, Kyle Williams has been located by, and again, this is a UNLV wide receiver, one of, I think it's five guys now or six guys total from UNLV football who are in the portal. I may have missed a couple over the weekend. So, Noel Williams is going to Cal. Uh, Kyle Williams was offered by Pittsburgh, which, if you remember, man, there's no guy who hates the transfer portal more than Pat Narducci. <laughs> and I pointed out at the time, this guy is a horse's ass. Because while he's outraged that someone may have contacted his player and made it about money, his wide receiver, Jordan Addison, and taken his wide receiver, I said at the time, Pittsburgh is well-known for plucking laterally and below getting players, and I don't believe they didn't contact people to pluck them, like contact them early. They already stole UNLV's prize 2023 quarterback recruit, uh, Ty Diefenbach from Agora Hills. Now, he was probably not coming here. He was an Arroyo guy. Like I talked to his father at one of the games. They friggin' love Arroyo. It was a really good recruit commit 
for Arroyo because he's a power five quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback in California. But, wow. But it was like within, it felt like hours of Arroyo's firing, um, they were able to set up a visit and and Pitt got this Diefenbach kid. I wonder if they contacted him while he had given his verbal, which you can do, which you can do, right? It's funny. It's funny how Narducci's like, yeah, let me go get some recruits from group of five. Let me get some players from group of five. Well, now he would, he would just say. Transfer portal is the worst thing ever. Like, he would just wait, say. Wait, what? Wait, what? If you can't beat him, join him. I think that's what he would he say. He had already joined him. They've, they've been they've they've been in the portal. They've made a living of getting quarterbacks out of the portal over the years. Of course. They just don't want so to pay them. This, now they have to. This faux bull crap of, you know, the portal's ruining things and USC's evil. Like, okay, dude. For you, a kid going to Cal, a kid being offered by, you know, four or five power fives and Kyle Williams, uh, Lee Fontenot is going to get, he's going to get power five offers. Aiden Robbins certainly going to get power five offers. Like there's a good chance all of, all, you know, the, some of their best players are going to power five. What does that say about Arroyo? I don't think anything, but no. Uh, no. Does it say more about the transfer portal that power five schools are like, hey, let's just scoop guys up? Because I think all, all all four guys I mentioned are good players. Like, I think Lee Fontenot could de- he could definitely play um, at most power fives. I don't know if he's a starting center, but he's he's a quality center. Uh, Kyle Williams can be a top three or four receiver on power five team. I think Noel Williams is probably the well, he's probably as good as any. He might be better than Aiden Robbins in terms of future. This is just what you'd always would have had if the rules were different. Of hey, it's it's much more efficient as a power five program instead of going to get a high school kid that you developed for two years to go find a kid that started for two years or a year at a you know at a non power five school that has shown that they can play and bring them in. Right. Like, that, like that's how this hey, always hey, goes. Hey, power five coach. Which regions of the country do you concentrate on for your recruits? The Mountain West. Uh, we really don't do that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah the Mountain West, the AAC, Conference yeah. USA. Yeah, those are our regions. Yeah. What? 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 Yeah. We yeah. want older guys. It's let let them let them go through the learning process, a group of five, and then we'll start dipping down and grabbing guys. And and by, by the way, if you're a good recruiter like I think Arroyo was, you're also able to get – because when they go out and get older guys, right, from group of five, that means – Say, like, uh, Jordan Eubanks is one of the players who came in from Florida State, didn't get a lot of playing time, but Arroyo brought him into UNLV. That's the kind of guy you can bring back to group of five. Just like um, Nevada over the weekend got a running back who was a top 150 guy a couple of years ago. He was out of Oregon, wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time. He's going to come down to play for the pack. Yeah, it's almost the exact you know counter uh, to it. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, <laughs> you'd much rather – it's so hard to project how a 16-, 17-year-old kid is going to look in two years. You know, it's not hard to project what he looked like playing college football last year. And, hey, the best three or four kids from every non-Power 5 school, yeah, we'll, we'll go get those guys. And that's how we're going to build our programs now, which is how those new rules are going to work. Do you believe all these guys would have stayed around with Arroyo? Do we know? Not necessarily. They may have. I don't know if it's, ne- if it's 100% you know, true or confirmed or, or what it would be, but – like guys, guys, if they have opportunities, they're going to pursue them. Well, hopefully one of them uh, commits or transfers to a place where they're going to get a degree that I'll be impressed by. That satisfies you, though. I didn't yes. know. I didn't know Cal was in the crosshairs. Was not so uh, not so hot a school. You're a Stanford guy. You're, that, no, you're not. Not at all. It's one of the five schools I applied to. You at Stanford. Yeah. I think you're smart enough, but my God. Yeah. With those people. Sure. Come on.